Hello and welcome to another edition of Theatre Club, the podcast that brings you reviews, news and booze. Uh, I'm Ruby and I'm here with Oscar and Alice. Hiya! Hello. Got a review of The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie at the Dogmar Theatre coming up for you. But first of all, let's hear Alice's tip of the week. So my top tip this week is a musical based on the hit film Bring It On. It's at the Southwark Playhouse, which is one of our favourite theatres. And the exciting bit about this, it is by composer Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. So that's really exciting. And it's already been on in America. It's won, I think, it did, how many Tonys did it win, Oscar? Five? I don't think it actually won very many. Oh, just maybe It was nominated. nominated. Just nominated. But it's an honour to be nominated, <laughs> as they say. And yeah, it was a big buzz about it in America. And I don't think it's going to follow Bring It On the film. I think it's going to be an original story. Okay. But... You yeah, know. it is. It's a, it's a original kind of take. I think it's going to be really cool. I mean, but it's fa- the same story. Fairly similar. I mean, the writer of Bring It On the film sued them, so it's... It's going to be fairly similar. And <laughs> so they've, just, a, they've just tweaked it a little bit, yeah, it so it's not really course. the same. Um, no, it's like a different story. I think it's sort of like the Kirsten Dunsty character in this one ends up at the school where the, the Clovers, the other sort of team were in the film. So it's kind of like a fish out of water thing. She goes to the more urban school and that's where the kind of Lin-Manuel hip-hop sound will kind of come in. Mm. Now, I remember you mentioning this before, quite a while ago, actually. So um, so the tickets have been on sale for a while. So the previews have sold out, but there's plenty of tickets still available from the 2nd of August to the 1st of September. And another interesting thing is that the choreographer is the same person that did Ragtime at Charing Cross Theatre, which we really liked. Oh, yeah. That was a good show. Did you come and see Ragtime? No. I feel like I had a ticket and then I couldn't come for some reason. Boo! Oh, other interesting fact is that Jeff Whitty, who did Avenue Q, has written the story for this. Okay, so it should be funny. Mm. Book be now! Funny. Book it now! Book it now. Before so... everyone gets where it's wind that it's him and then everyone will it'll be sold out. Yeah, I think the more the closer we get to it and when people know it's Lin-Manuel, I think it'll sell mm. faster after that, probably. The more yeah. people know that he's involved. I mean, August is a tough time for theatre, isn't it, I guess, because a lot of people are away. But then there'll be tourists here as well. Yeah, if they make it out to Southwark. (laughs) And one tip, if you do go to the Southwark Playhouse in August, don't wear very many clothes. Oh, it's so hot. I mean, I go in a bikini. (laughs) I've bought a fan. I'm ready. Take a fan, take water, take an ice pack. I hope their new premises has AC. Do you know they're building a brand new... Oh, I do, I read that. I've got the newsletter. They're moving down to Elephant and Castle, so not far away. They're getting a whole big new theatre with two different theatre spaces in it. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. That big, is like, exciting. A very, very big redevelopment for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really Although cool. I'm kind of attached to the old I know, I quite venue, like in a way. Yeah. But then it would be cool if they had more space. Um, and air conditioning. And air conditioning. <laughs> and the seats, yeah. And better seats. Oh, I love the seats. I don't, I don't find them uncomfortable at all. Oh. I think they're That's usually because I enjoy their shows, though. I've never really sat through something long and boring there, mm. so maybe that would make a big difference. What about I... Pippin? I loved Pippin. Mm, okay. <laughs> You're getting less and less enthusiastic about it as time goes on. You enjoyed it. I did, sort of. For you, oh, for God, you, for go. you, for you. Okay, let's have a drink. Cheers. Cheers. So this is inspired by the prime of Miss Jean Brodie we went to see this week. So as we know from in the show, she, with her sort of her girls from her school, they have this secret club and they drink 
sherry together. So I thought I'd do something sherry-based. And then, so I was looking up different cocktails, and there's a cocktail that mixes, like, sherry and a sweet vermouth. I think it's called an Adonis. And, but I thought instead of sweet vermouth, I'd go even more Italian, because in the show, she's obviously obsessed with Italy, always talking about her travels to Italy, and Mussolini and the dark side as well. So I went for um, Chino, which is like um, an Amaro. It's it's artichoke-based. So it's an artichoke liqueur. That's the kind of bitterness. Artichoke. Yeah, farty-warty. Do artichokes make you fart? Well, Jerusalem artichokes oh. definitely you make you that? fart. No, I don't eat artichoke. Fartichokes. Well, I don't either, oh. but when I had one the other day, Madeline said, oh, you want to watch out with her, hun? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's see when we finish these. So, yeah, this is the... Prime... I haven't given it a name yet. I'll think of one when I put it on the Instagram, perhaps. So, yeah, it's basically just sherry, china, um, and a couple of drops of bitters. It's nice, isn't it? I love sherry. I want to, I want to drink sherry more often. I might just get a bottle and keep it in... Yeah, it's just nice. Start drinking it. I love these glasses. Mm. I think yeah. that's the thing that's nice about sherry is that you can have it in really cute little glasses and also sherry yeah. cocktails. Um, and I, it is quite bitter, like Miss Jean Brodie herself, some <laughs> might say. Mm-hmm. She's got a yeah, bitter edge to her. It's got a sharp tongue. Yeah. Um. Uh. But it's lovely. Yeah. So let's talk about the play, which none of us really knew anything about. Madeline was supposed to come, couldn't make it because of work, which is a shame because she would have been our, our Sherpa through the Scottish mm. Scottish play. But um, I really enjoyed it. It was it was very much, it's a kind of familiar sort of story in that sort of dead poet. You know, the teacher that kind of inspires, you know, that's how it starts. She's this teacher in a very rigid Scottish convent school who is kind of wild and freewheeling and, you know, first lesson, put your books down, I'm going to tell you about my holidays in Italy. And then, but it takes a much more interesting twist than sort of Captain My Captain, sentimental. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was really, I thought that was really fascinating, the whole, the journey of her character that the that the story takes you on. So you start off thinking, wow, she's so cool. And then by the end of it, you're kind of like, hmm, I'm not so sure, actually. You know, there's lots of stuff that she's encouraging the pupils but she's also kind of manipulating them and it also feels in a way by the end like she needs them more than they need her um whereas the headmistress who's kind of you know a sort of strict dour scotswoman you know is actually sort of maintains that kind of professional distance i guess from the students which, yeah, by the end sort of seems like, actually, that's, you know, that's probably what you should do as a teacher. And as um, free as Miss Jean Brodie seems, she's also very rigid in her own way. Mm. You know, there's all these things that she tells the girls that, you know, she's sort of very strict about certain things. I can't think of anything now, but, you know, the sort of, the way you do Her favourite Italian painter. Yes. Giotto. Nobody mm. else. You know, that sort of thing. It's like, there's one right answer. Yeah, so she's actually quite rigid. She comes across as free and... But she's rigid in her own way. Well, she's actually a bit of a fascist. Yes, I thought that was a very interesting sort of subtext of that she's basically, you know, talking about how much she loves Italy. This is set pre-Second World War and she's a big fan of Mussolini. And she and herself is like a fascist dictator at first. They seem quite glamorous and encouraging and inspiring. But actually it kind of turns into, like it does in the second half of the play, kind of fascism this very strict Mm. kind of controlling yeah quite dark in a way yeah i thought she was captivating 
Like she was Leah, Leah Williams. Williams. Isn't she just? You can't stop looking at her. She was amazing. I mean, it just. You know, we talked before about um, her doing the role, didn't we? And I was excited to see it. And she was way beyond my expectations. She really captivating is the word. I think she totally held the stage and the way she. You know, there's lots of the way it's written. There's lots of sort of witty lines, and you know, she is meant to be a captivating sort of presence. That's how. That's the whole thing that it hinges on, isn't it? And she was amazing. She really. You just striked me. Sorry. That really hurt. Oh. Oh, I'm telling mum. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bruise there. I'm going to punch myself so that there is one. Talking of childish behaviour, Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the girls in it were really good. Who played her girls, Jean Brodie's girls? Yeah. How old do you think they were? Twenty. Yeah. Mm, I'd be brilliant. really interested to know how old they were. Yeah. Because it's that thing, isn't it, that you put a school uniform on a young woman. And, you know, they can easily be 14, 15, but they could also just as easily be 24. Yeah, the costuming was really good. In the first half, they were in the sort of younger girls' school uniform and their hair was all different. And then in the second half, when they go into the middle school or older school, they did suddenly seem more like teenagers by subtle. The skirts were a bit higher. They weren't those sort of apron dresses. Mm. They had their hair down and they suddenly looked more like teenagers. So I thought that was a really clever distinction between the two things even though they're probably all 18 to 20 you know 20 something what did you think of the ending alice um i i I don't know i've kind of found it a little bit dissatisfying in that nobody really got you know i don't know i don't want to spoil it for anybody really who wants to go and see it we don't have to say exactly what happened but it was i i found I found the journey of the play and the sort of, the kind of, I don't know, I found it very thought-provoking in terms of kind of psychology and in terms of, you know, that relationship between teacher and pupil and, you know, adult and young person. Um, but I found I found the ending sort of a little bit flat in a way. I guess that there's a, you know, it's one of those, one of those plays that, you know, it's not big on action, you know, there aren't lots of scene changes. It's very much in the dialogue and in the relationships. And I think sometimes with theatre and with drama, with those sort of things, you are, you're waiting for this kind of big climax in a way. And and some sort of, you know, release or sense of um, finality or, you know, that something's been resolved. And it just, it sort of fell short of that a little bit for me. And that was the one thing that I sort of came out being like that was amazing but I don't know if I feel fully satisfied by it. I, yeah I think I've seen other plays where there's not a big sort of climactical moment at the end and it's been fine but I think maybe because Leah Williams's central performance is such a powerhouse at the end there wasn't like a standing ovation but it felt like everyone really wanted to give it one because she was so good I was kind of hovering on my seat like are we standing up because she was so good I thought that but there wasn't like the end scene that there usually is Mm. one of the with that sort of central performance like the end of Gypsy with Rose's turn or the end of Mary Stewart with a big monologue that really gets you up she isn't gonna change there isn't a big thing where she realises what she's done she's so like stubborn and frustrated she's just like she's that's just who she is and it's like you're not gonna get any answers from her none of us are none of her girls and none of us are she's never going to change and that's who she is and that's why it's kind of dissatisfying but you're right I was thinking that at the end as well I was thinking should we all stand up and clap and like 
give her her you know because it was amazing but then I was like yeah I don't know yeah just the ending didn't quite get people onto their feet even though her performance was sort of standing ovation worthy and but I one... would, would we recommend people go see yes her? absolutely just for her performance alone oh definitely yeah, yeah. look now are there seats still available I mean as ever with the Dumbo, I... I'm not sure whether you can get tickets get a but... return well look on the night we went Madeline couldn't come and no one bought our spare ticket. That's true. And it so, was £10. So it is always worth it. There's always standing seats, I find. That, and then just it's worth checking just every day to see if one's gone back on sale. So you probably can get tickets still. And it is worth seeing. I think it's, especially if you've never seen the play or even if you have, to see a different version of it. Oh, definitely. I think it was, yeah, really interesting. Great performance. And you wanted to mention our seats that we sat I did in. want to mention our seats because we always sit in the ten pound seats at the Donmar. It's they're, sort of, they're on the side, aren't they? They're on the side. Back. So there's so it's a two tier theatre. So they've got the stalls down below, and then you've got the circle. I suppose would be the equivalent. And you're on the side of that in the back row, and they're amazing value for a theatre where you know it's sort of mostly new new pieces, good actors. Um, I find those seats a little bit uncomfortable, I have to say. Maybe it's just because I'm quite short. You find everything uncomfortable. It's fine. I don't like having my feet dangling. I put mine up on the ledge. I do too, but then I just get uncomfortable. Oh, no, I was fine. Most theatres are uncomfortable, aren't they? Just get on with it. Are you ever really comfortable in a theatre? No. I don't like... It's like sitting on the loose seat where your feet don't reach the ground. I find it a bit disconcerting. That's just you, mm. darling. No one else is going to have that problem. Yeah, I thought um, but... And I also think that it doesn't necessarily always matter for the Donmar because of the because of the types of play that they do, which tend to be quite sort of drawing room dramas, you know, without sort of loads of action on stage. But you do get quite a bit of the stage cut off. So, you know, there's stuff going on sort of below you that you can't see. I was just thinking maybe next time, next time I have something that's on my that I would really, really like to see, I think I would be tempted to try getting uh, the, the sort of the price up to sit in the middle is £30 or £27.50 for a preview, which, you know, it's obviously more expensive than £10, but it's not, it's not that much money and I'd quite like to I'd quite like to try it and just see what it's like because yeah, I've never something... actually sat in a Donmar and had a you know full frontal, frontal. Mm. view of the stage <laughs> um what else do we want to talk about let's there's lots of things that I would like to go and see like yeah. coming up I'm just thinking day seats we've got a sort of little gap in our our, we have in our sort of you know we don't have the next thing I've got coming up to go and see isn't until towards the end of July, which is As You Like It, in the Regent's Park Opener Theatre. So I've got a couple of weeks that I'd like to go see something. Okay, what do you want to so do? I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking, do we do day seats or something for one of the kind of West End shows that we've been wanting to Strictly see? Ballroom? Strictly Ballroom, I would quite like to see, because although the initial reviews were bad, I've since heard some kind of other reviews trickle in that have actually been quite positive and made me maybe want to see it. I definitely want to see it. For the dance and for, you know, I love Drew McConey. What about that thing that Madeline wants to see called Red? Oh, yeah, was, I want to see yeah. that. That was me. Oh. Ruby was the one that brought that up, which is about Rothko, the yeah. painter. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I would quite like to Could see that as well. we get day seats for that? 
I think so. I think seats. it's recently opened, um, so we should check out what their policy is. They do day seats at that theatre. That's where we went to see Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. Yeah. So they'll they'll definitely do day seats there. So I'd definitely like to see that. I um, would still quite like to see Lulu in 42nd Street. I've just been reading. It looks like, from what I've just been looking up online, that she might be actually finishing in that role uh in july so i'd quite like to check out whether they've got day seats and try and do that yes, i had a funny interview with her the other day and she was saying that she'd forgotten one of the lip lines when she was on stage and she just laughed about it and she was just like oh oh well, never mind. Oh, well. and then she remembered the rest of it but she didn't care she just thought it was really funny <laughs> you don't care when you're Lulu. No. Yeah. I mean, so I what? Yeah, exactly. How many people are really going to notice? No, exactly. Well, yeah, maybe we try and do that before she goes. There's a few performances she's not doing as well, listed on the website, so it's worth checking that out. Okay. What I am excited about is The King and I, which is opening previews this week. Um, so a quite, I mean, I guess maybe like wait for the reviews and also... I mean, not even so much wait for reviews. I feel like I know it's going to be amazing. It's already been on in Broadway, same production, same cast. It's going to be great. But like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's an expensive show because it's a big, big show in a huge theatre. It's an expensive theatre, the Palladium. Mm. So we were talking about waiting and seeing basically if there's going to be any ticket offers. I looked on Theatre Monkey today and they've said that, although there's no day seat policy at the moment... Today's ticks app are sort of hinting at maybe having an offer on there. So I guess we wait and see. Because is this the one where we were talking about it's not doesn't have a very long run? Mm, yeah, Isn't it fairly, only on until limited. September? Yeah, a couple of months. So I think we just wait and see if there are any offers. And if not, then we just buy the bullet and buy some tickets. They're still so tickets they start available. at £30, I think, don't they? Yeah, but the Palladium's huge and that's right, right way back. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one, isn't it? I guess. So what, are you thinking we'd need to spend £50 yeah, I'm to get a decent one seat? Of, one, one of those sorts of things. Or you, yeah, or you do buy cheap seats and you just try and wangle an upgrade somehow. It's a huge theatre, so as popular as the show is, I feel like, will it be selling out on a Monday and Tuesday for that for two months? Probably not. You can always ask at the box office, and if they're nice, they will move you forward into unsold seats. I took a gamble on that with Quiz last week, and it did not pay off. Although, actually, my seats were fine anyway, but I couldn't get an upgrade. Yeah, you said it was much busier I've got exciting news. Shush, shush, shush. Right. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Guys and Dolls is going to be staged at the Royal Royal Albert Hall, and it's the Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra with an all-star cast yet to be disclosed. They do often have a good cast. The last concert um, production I went to see there was Follies, and it had Kristen Bransky from um, <gasps> The Good Wife in I know, it. Oh, we missed it. Oh, I remember this now. You guys couldn't come. I, I had the day off, and I went for like a matinee on a sort of. I think oh. they had a Wednesday matinee. Or something You've weird. reminded me of the pain. She was not really good in it. Kristen Bransky. Can you imagine her? The thing is, they say... is she ever coming back? I don't know. I hope so. Oh. She was great with a big have long we got legs. a Google Alert set up? Uh, it was very good. So they're saying that this is a semi-staged concert, but as we know from all our previous productions, when they say that, they usually are like 90% of full-on production some of the time. Not so much Like last year when they did Oklahoma, that was that was quite full-on. Oh yeah, that's true. And yeah, Fiddler the on the Roof. Uh, okay, they, do, yeah. they do, they say it's semi-staged, but they're not like read, singing from books very often. Oh no, 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 no. It's all off book and they'll have a full um, And often they have dancers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited about that, just because I love Guys and Dolls. 
dream casting for Miss Adelaide, who would you cast? Ooh. Sheridan Smith. Sheridan Smith? I'd like to see her do it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That who was would you like? not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> fair enough. Mm. Um, who would I say? Mega Mullally. Oh, Oscar, please, can we have something plausible? How is that not plausible? If Christine Bransky came over, Megan would. She's too old. Sorry, I said it. <sighs> too old. I don't know about Also, wrong. she's just not going to. She's just not. Well, we can hope. We can hope and dream, but, you know... Christine Bransky. <laughs> okay. Why not? She's done it once, she can do it again. <laughs> oh, please. I mean, if we're going to go... If we're really going to dream big, then I would say Jane Kukowski. Again, okay. coming back to the role, she was incredible. Yeah, was she? Yeah, we saw her oh, when yeah. she did Hugh McGregor. But you and know, she was so good. Let's think of English people that they're actually going to book and not, you know. They bring Americans over. Really? Americans love to sing on the Royal Albert Hall. Well, it's also, if they want to sell it out, then They'll get a big name. star. That's true. And also, if it's just two nights only. Yeah, it's not a big Flying somebody in, it's not like they've got to stay for a month. It's got to come for the weekend. Yeah, what about Kristen Chenoweth? She would be good at Miss Adelaide. I would die. Yeah, that would that would be incredible. <laughs> so fingers crossed for Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah, talking of big stars flying over, Kate Blanchett is coming to the National Theatre. I read. That's exciting. Which is very exciting. It's not until January next year that it's actually happening, but uh, and they haven't released a huge amount of detail about what it is, um, but. The tickets are going to go on sale in October, is what I heard. Oh, really? Just get that date in the diary. Yeah, I would really, really like to see her. Well, we'll have, we'll do, we'll report back on that, and we'll have it as a tip of the week. Yeah, good plan. I'm going to see Labo M at the Royal Opera House on Friday night. Um, big opera, but you also can go and see it for free. Yes, it's on in Trafalgar Square as part of the um, the Royal Opera House's big screen season. So they've already done Swan Lake a week ago, and I think the Labo M is on the 26th, I want to say, of July, but you can look. And then they're also doing Don Giovanni on the 12th of July or something like that. And if people do want to go and see a summer BP summer big screen at Trafalgar Square, what are your tips for doing that? I don't really know. You do, it's free. You just turn up. You get been. there. Get there sort of early so you can get a good seat. Take like a picnic blanket. You can bring booze in. You, I think you just have to decant it into like it's sponsored by BP. You have to put it in these BP jugs. But you can take people take picnics and stuff. It's very nice if the weather's good, especially. Um, yeah, it's and really you just fun. Sit out there and watch it. It's quite lovely. And it's suddenly like Trafalgar Square is packed, but there's it goes really quiet. You yeah. think that people kind of talk through it but when there's a ballet or an opera on. There is this, like, hush across a huge, you know, thousands and thousands of people there. And yeah. it's also one in Greenwich, is that correct? Yeah, and then all over the country. Yeah, so... they've got them all over the place. And, you know, certainly the one, the screen in Trafalgar Square is properly big. Yeah. I mean, like, you you know, you get a good view of it, even if you're, you know, right at the back of the square. And the sound's pretty good as well. Yeah, it's a great thing to do for free if you just yeah, have to work one day you know, and the if it's nice. a, Yeah, if it's a nice evening... Happen to be in central London, get there at, you know, seven o'clock, sit yourself down. Um, did you guys see that Summer and Smoke that we saw at the Almeida is transferring to the Duke of York's in the West End from the 10th of November with the original cast? I did see that. I'm really excited by that. Shall I go? I didn't go with you. Yes. I would say 100% yes. I think you should. Um, what was her name? Um, Patsy Theron. 
She it was, was the lead. So she good. was incredible. She's going to she be. So good. She's going to be big. I feel as an actress. I really, really enjoyed her. It's one of the more. In, I don't know Tennessee Williams that well, but out of his things, it's kind of the progression that that female character takes is more interesting than some of the other female characters' journeys in his other plays. So I think it's really worth seeing. I would. Yeah, I would possibly consider seeing it again if there were day seats or if, you know, I had friends that wanted take to go your again. Mama. Yeah, I would take someone to see it. Um, that's basically it, isn't it? We don't have much more to chat about. No, but until join us we... next week when I'm going to have my review of Fun Home, the new musical at the Young Vic. Very excited about that. If anybody would like us to go and see anything, we would love to get some suggestions. We will go and see something that you would like to review. Instagram us at Theatre Club Podcast. Um, as always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod and on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast, where you'll find a picture of the cocktail I made today along with the recipe. And go on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review, subscribe and rate. And until next time, bye. 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 We can go watch the film now.